the toughest thing to teach in youth soccer is basic skills and basic techniques of everything. Because the basic techniques come so naturally to coaches who have played the game for so long. So the depth that they usually go into is very surface level. And when you think about things like tactics and team play, those are things that don't come naturally to coaches. And as a result, they go into so much depth in that. And what we're seeing is a generation of players whose basic technique is just not at the highest level because they were never taught them in such detail. And one of the greatest examples of this in youth soccer is 1v1 defending. Prepare for a soccer coaching revolution. Come with me on a journey to discover the latest methods, techniques, and tactics that will transform you into a more effective coach, player, or soccer parent. Whether you're a seasoned coach or a beginner, growth never stops. I'm Sega Brabinovich, and this is Soccer Coaching Mastermind. Well, these past couple of weeks have really been team play, and it's been about keeping possession. Now, we're starting to see <clears throat> with all of our teams uh, better offense. So with teams that haven't really gotten a lot of goals, we're starting to see them starting to score in games. So our approach is working, but now we have to kind of shift because while we're starting to score goals, we're still conceding a lot. So today's really going to be all about defending and we're going to be working on one V one defending, which in my opinion is one of the most important things to teach players. Because if you don't get scored on, then you can't lose. But on top of that, a player that can't get beat is a player I don't want to play against. So for me, that's the most important skill. And this weekend, Spurs played against Newcastle. And the second goal uh, was... Probably one of the greatest examples, in my opinion, of a player who still at the highest level, his 1v1 defending technique is just not there. And I don't know if maybe it was because uh, there was a lapse in concentration or, or whatever it was, but it was the most clear 1v1 technical struggle I have seen in a game like it just made it so evident and it was the second goal and you can YouTube this where Son gets the ball uh, and he does a scissors against Trippier or Trippier I, I don't know how to say his last name and Trippier fumbles and he leads in with his foot and Son just absolutely makes him look like a fool. Uh, Trippier kind of stumbles backwards, gets absolutely destroyed. And then a ball is uh, cut back by Son and they easily score a goal. But that moment there, in my opinion, encompasses the problem that youth players are taught within 1v1 defending and it's most players whether they like it or not subconsciously get into the habit 
of leading in with their foot. And if you lead in with your foot, you're done. You, you have no chance. Because the second you lead in with your foot is the second that you've lost your balance. Because by leading in with your foot, you've now taken a step forward. And as a result of that, your feet are too wide and you're not in a balanced position anymore. So what I did this weekend was, sorry, on Monday, uh, instead of doing our VO session, I left the VO charger on the field and I lost it. Uh, I got another one and, and all that, but that's great. But I didn't have our games this weekend. So instead what I did was I did research into the best one defender, 1v1 defenders in history. And it's pretty clear that the consensus around the best or one of the best is uh, Paolo Maldini and his 1v1 defending. Now, again, I did a lot of research and, and found exactly a breakdown of him in a session actually teaching his 1v1. So here's how I structured our Monday Zoom session. We started off by watching that Sun Trippier goal and showed the players exactly what they're doing. Because the way that Trippier defended was exactly how most players defend 1v1. He was in his uh, defensive stance and he did a lot of the right things, but the most crucial part was where he struggled, which was the ability to lean in with your body and not with your foot. And we were able to see that. And then we, were, we went in and we saw uh, and, and we looked into the Paolo Maldini. Uh, it's like a 50 second clip where it breaks down every single part of his defending. And I'll break that down for you in a bit. And then we just started going through different defenders in history and watching videos of them. And unfortunately, society and the media looks at defender highlights, and I put that in quotation, air quotes, as sly tackles. And I'll tell you this. If you slide tackle, in my opinion, my opinion, you've lost because you've gotten beat. That's the only way a player needs to slide tackle because you've gotten beat. And because you've gotten beat, you have to make a last ditch effort. Now, it happens. You know, sometimes a player is quicker than you and he beats you down the line and then you, you have to do it. But avoiding a slide tackle is one of the best things you can do as a defender. If you can win the ball while you're on your feet, that's great. And if you can win that ball and actually win and hold possession, that's the best scenario. Because don't forget, a slide tackle, other than one type of very specific slide tackle, which is being able to slide tackle and retain the ball, which is a very hard skill to master. But most of the slide tackles that you get Get the ball out of bounds. And then as a result of that, your team still didn't have possession of the ball. So that to me is, it's not the worst outcome, but it's also not the best. 
right? So for me, slide tackling, while it's a great skill to have, and it's an it, it, it's really good to understand that it should only be done as a last-ditch effort when you get beat, right? And you see a lot of these players who do a slide tackle, and then they get absolutely destroyed with a cutback. And then what? Now, you're out of the game because you're, you're on the ground. And the other player, he's beaten you. So your team has just lost a player. So for me, it's just not a great skill to have. So I'll talk about in today's episode really the steps that uh, Paolo Maldini talks about. And then I'll talk about the session that I planned for it. And we're doing this all this week and probably all of next week with the idea that we should be looking into our games this weekend and seeing lower average goals conceded, right? And this is, again, using the VO and the stats to really help us understand what our team can improve on. And I know that's a very controversial way to look at it because we're talking about youth kids and then bringing stats into things, and it's tough, right? Because things like number of passes, okay, that to me doesn't really get success at this point, right? That's not something that we're working on, right? And and how can you really say that possession is really the indicator, right? But I think as a whole, you have to take into account what your team is struggling with and stats can show that. Now, don't get me wrong. Stats are not the be all and end all of everything, right? So we're looking at the game and and we can see in the game that this is what's happening. Our 2013s, there was a moment where it just kind of clicked this weekend and a player beat our whole team on the other team. Like he went through our team like knife, like a knife goes through warm butter, right? Like it was just effortless. And that was the moment to me where I went, not even close. Like that can never happen again. We cannot have a player just walking through our team. So that was really the trigger for me to say, okay, enough is enough. Let's go in and learn 1v1 defending. Now I'll put a link in the, uh, in the description here so that for the episode so that you can really see uh, how uh, Maldini defends 1v1. But I'm going to break it down for you and talk about the most important points. And with that, I urge you to go and watch the highlights from Newcastle and and Spurs this past weekend just so you can kind of see what I'm talking about because the fact is that other than one point, uh, or yeah, I, I would say one point, Trippier's defending was excellent up to that point. And that point is what's not being taught, right? So let's talk about it and go into it. So the very first one is eyes on the ball, okay? You need to see where this ball is in comparison to the attacker, okay? So uh, when Maldini comes in, he's got to first uh, get his eyes on the ball, okay? Now, 
then what we want to do is we want to show the opponent away from the goal. Okay, and there's a special note here, and it said, it says that uh, we delay, right? And we try and delay for support arriving. And to me, that's half right, right? Because there's a very other important point for delaying, okay? And I want you to imagine that the attacker is dribbling at you. And if that attacker is dribbling at you and you're running straight at them, okay, both of your momentum is forward. And as a result, if the attacker is able to shift you from one side to the other, you've completely lost your balance. So one of the things that we're working on is to tap the opponent, but as soon as that happens, to delay and go backwards right away and put that weight on that back foot so that now we can match the attacker, right? And so often defenders lose the battle because their weight is on their front foot. And if your weight is on your front foot and you're going backwards, you're already off balance. And as a result of that, you've already lost the 1v1 battle because that third point, okay, is to edge forward slowly in your low stance, knees bent, allowing for a fast change of direction in that uh, traditional defensive stance, which we call surfboard, right? So, um, and that's essentially just kind of just like you're on a surfboard or on a skateboard, right? From there, we're in our stance. Our arm should be out, okay? Our arm needs to be out, okay? I, I, see, I see a lot of defenders with their arm down. And again, what that does is when you lunge for the ball, again, it takes that balance to the front foot a lot of the time. Now, proper defenders will have their weight on their back foot and they'll just kind of swing with the front foot. But I personally, I don't agree with that. I don't think you should be swinging with your front foot at all, okay? I think that the point of defending is to win the ball. It's not, and to keep the ball. It's not just to win the ball. So we want to teach the best, okay? The fourth uh, tip here by Maldini is to use your hands to feel and engage, but the most important thing is that you want to unbalance the opponent. And while you're unbalancing the opponent, and when you see that opponent getting unbalanced, that's when you challenge for that possession. Okay? There's also a point here, no pulling back, which in my opinion, I think means don't pull back their shirt. Okay? But the first contact with the defender is that ability to feel with your hands what's going on, to unbalance, to try and get that defender off balance. And once you can do that, that's when you can come in and try and win that ball. Now, that's how he explains it, okay? I've watched this video hundreds of times and also teaching defending myself 
there's a lot of elements that I keep in there. There's other elements that I add. Okay. And let's start off with how we built our session this week so that you can really understand the process of understanding 1v1 defending. Now, this first one, it is something that I got from, I've been doing a lot of, looking at a lot of Joner's videos. So Joner is uh, is a YouTuber. Uh, he's also got an app, which uh, honestly, uh, I'll do a review of Barcelona's uh, course, hopefully next week, because I'm trying to finish it by the end of this week so I can talk about it. Um, but his app and his videos are really in depth. Now, uh, what's interesting is because I've done so much research and all that, <clears throat> some, not all, in fact, I would say very little, but some of, uh, <clears throat> sorry, it's uh, it's that time of the year again when, when coaches lose their voice. So, uh, But some of his stuff that I see is a lot, it's very similar to the cover videos, but the old cover videos, the CDs. So this is one that I actually have been using for a long time. And uh, it's part of the cover videos as well. Now, if you've been listening, you know that I've been doing a lot of stuff in small groups and this whole session is pairs. Okay, so we're keeping players in pairs for the whole session, right? So lots of repetition, meaningful repetition, groups of players that are of their likeness, which is Tom's uh, saying that I absolutely love, keep players of the same level together, right? So it makes the whole session better. The lower the amount of, the smaller the amount of groups that you have, the better, right? So two players, fantastic. So this whole session, like I said, is uh, two players, okay? And we have essentially two different cones. And the cones could be about eight or nine steps, okay? Real steps, not like toe-to-toe steps, just walk. Now, this is called the cat and mouse game. This is what I call it. I don't know what other people call it. But you have one player on each side of the cone, okay, with that invisible line separating the cones, And essentially, one player is the cat, one player is the mouse. And the idea is it's a race between each side. So there's both players start in the middle, and then you give a countdown. The cat gives a countdown, three, two, one. And then the mouse has two fakes. And within two fakes, they've got to make a decision and either go left or right to a cone. Okay? So hopefully that's clear. So uh, if I'm playing this game... I'm one player, there's a player in front of me. On my left, there's a cone. On my right, there's a cone. If I am the mouse, when the cat says go, I'm going to fake one way, fake the other, and then I'm going to go into either left side or right side, and I'm going to run through the cones, okay? And I'm running through the cones uh, just straight to my left or straight to my right. I'm not going forward at all, okay? So hopefully that made sense. Now, The whole idea and the whole reason we're doing this, we're not doing this with a ball, is to get the players to understand the most important concept and the, uh, not concept, sorry, the mentality that I want them going in as defenders. And that is quick feet. So through this, what we're talking about is can we make sure that we are staying in front of the player? 
And the way that I talk about it is I say, okay, let's imagine that there is a rope between us, a very short rope. I don't want that rope to get tugged, right? So I don't want him to tug me around. I want to have that rope with as much uh, loose rope as possible, right? So I want to stay super close. So I'm really demonstrating my ability on my toes, okay? We talk about heels never touch the ground. Quickly, small, quick steps, right? And that's the mentality that I want my defenders to have. And we do this for about five, six minutes, something like that, or until I see that players are in that mentality. Then we add a ball, we still do the same thing, and the ball makes it easier, right? And that takes about 10, 15 minutes of the session usually. And again, this is just to get them into that mentality. Now, the way I set this up is I set three rows, right? So in one row, there is three groups, and they're one in front of the other, okay? They're all 10. And so there are six cones, essentially, right? Three groups, six cones. And I have that done, and this is very important, on the left side of one of the nets, and then I have another one on the right side of the net. So if you can just imagine a regular soccer net, you can imagine the center space of the net. Let's say the net is split into threes. There's a left, center, and right. The left side, that's where I have my my uh my uh lanes okay my three lanes and the actual cones they'll be so that uh the the cone that is closest to the net is right at the edge of the left side and then the right side is about five six steps away so you have essentially if you want to imagine it in a field You've got wide space. There is a line of six cones, right? So three groups in the half space. Then the center space is open. Then the half space, there is another set of cones. And then, uh, and then it's the wide space that's empty. So that's really important for the next part of the session, which is really the most important part. So if you think of that, okay? So now this is the next part. Okay, the next part of the activity. This is going to get a little complicated, so I'm going to do my best to explain it here. But essentially now what you have is we have, we're working with four goals. Okay, um, we're in a gym, so that's just how we're, we're working with it. Each goal has two lanes. Those are made up of your three groups. Okay. On... Then on the group that is closest to the net, we're going to take one step back and we're going to be in line with the goal. Okay, so the lanes start about five yards from the goal line. Groups of two will each start one player on the goal line and another player will be on the end of the uh, of the lane. Okay. And the idea is pretty simple. I want a player to pass the ball from the goal line to the end of the lane. And the lanes are pretty short at this point because it's just three groups. And the three groups, I would say, total are like 20 steps, something like that, maybe even less. 
So a player will pass the ball to that to a player from the goal line will pass the ball to the player uh, who's at the end of the lane. And then that player will just go and press and then we'll work on the defensive structure. Okay. And that player who gets the ball, right? The attacker and the defender, the attacker who gets the ball, they're not trying to score. All they're trying to do is just dribble in a straight line. And the idea here is really to get the players to understand the technique of 1v1 defending and all of it. So here's how this works. Okay. Imagine now that there's three cones. In the middle are the two players. The player will start on the baseline with the ball. They will make the pass. And this right now is the very first coaching point. They're going to have to make a decision. There are two cones, which are the first cones in front of them. They need to run around one of them to approach the attacker. And they run around the one that's closest to the goal, and I let them make that decision. Why do we do that? Because the very first point of, for me, coaching defending is block the net. So if they go around that cone that's closest to the net, they're blocking the net, and then they attack the player, right? Sorry, they defend by running to it. Now, the next part is I want my defender to tap the forward, the attacker, and then as soon as they tap, they're going to back up in their defensive structure. Now, ideally, and when we get into our second and third day, it's not going to be a tap. It's going to be as soon as they get a little bit close, then we're going to slow down and start backing up. But I just want them to understand okay, that if you're close, back up right away. That should be your first instinct. Let's back up and get that weight on that back foot. And only once the defender taps the attacker can the attacker dribble, okay? So now what I'm focusing on at this point is stance, right? Just like Maldini talked about, getting low, getting our body low, okay? So we're talking about the shape of, uh, of our surfboard, making sure we're low, quick, small steps. Again, in that mindset, quick, small steps, quick, small steps, and our arm is up. Okay, And I make a point every single time of saying the defender does not touch the ball with their feet. I do not want the defender ever to touch the ball with their feet. And you're going to say, Segev, come on, what are you talking about? The player has to attack with their feet. Stay with me. Okay. Once we do that a couple of times, we're making sure that the player can beat us on the wing right? That's fine. We want to show the player away from the net. So I don't mind that player dribbling and kind of beating the player to the black line. That's fine. I also tell the player, slow down, slow down a little bit. Let's, you know, like let's, let, let, this is really for the defender. Now, what I also tell in the explanation of the activity is they switch every time. And not only that, but after they switch, they go and they find another lane. So you're getting experience on both sides, right? Because there's a left lane and then there's a right lane. And then we also have a middle lane as well that we use um, so that the players, they can understand, okay, what do I do when I'm in the middle? Well, we attack straight, right? And we block that net, making sure, again, that now we're not going to any other cones. We're just going in attacking straight, right? So that's that. So the players will be moving around a lot 
throughout the session. They'll be going to an open lane, right? I always have more lanes than groups. So they're constantly moving around. Now, from here, we start to move to the hardest part of 1v1 defending. Because if you looked at Trippier's goal, up till now, he was perfect, right? His arm was out. You can clearly see that. He was in his defensive stance. He was delaying. He was going backwards, backwards, backwards. Where he falls short is this next part, which was he attacked with his leg. He jumped in with his leg. So instead of that, what we talk about here is a fake attack and trying to unbalance the defender and then stepping in between the defender and the ball. So let's go through that slowly, okay? The first part here is a fake attack. Well, what's a fake attack? I want you to imagine that you're sitting on your desk, you know, working away on your computer, and someone comes from behind you and scares you. You know, they do that whole boo, right? And as soon as they do that, they have to back up because you're going to freak out. And that's what a fake attack is. It's a spook and then back up. So we're doing that again to get the player to make a mistake to get them unbalanced. As soon as we see that little space, we step in between the ball and the player with our body, okay? Not our foot, because that's going to lead to tripping someone and that's a foul and we don't want that, right? And again, that's a terrible outcome if we follow the player because now they have a free kick. So we want to step in between to get that, okay? And since our arm is up, our arm is going to be the first one to make that. Okay, our arm is going to jump in, then our hip is going to move. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to get the players to understand that we are not using our feet here. It is terrible to use your feet first. Your feet should be the last thing that you use because you will get unbalanced. Because if you're poking, if you're doing something, then even for that split second, you are on one foot and you are unbalanced. So for me, they're not touching the ball. They're not touching the ball. They are getting possession with their body, with their arm, right? So that's one. The second thing that we talk about, right, if the fake attack doesn't work, is my arm is up. And I want them to imagine that anything inside that arm is their bubble. And they have complete and utter superpowers in there. As soon as they feel their arm being pushed. That means that the attacker is in their bubble and they have superpowers. And that's the moment where they need to step across. And as they do this, they should be in between the ball and the player. And that's the goal. The goal of defending is to be in between the ball and the player. That's it. If you want to simplify it to that, that is the simplest form. Every single one of those steps is important, and it's important to get that detail. But at the end of the day, all we are trying to do is get in between the ball and the defender. And we'll do that. And we'll do that for about 20, 30 minutes. And that's the majority of what we do. Players are you know, moving around. They're going to different places. They're constantly switching. They're passing, receiving. They're blocking the net, right? They're getting into their structure. And then for the last 20 minutes, we'll just play 1v1s. Okay. Everyone's playing at the same time. And I am constantly, 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 constantly stopping and saying, stop using your feet. Stop it. Stop using your feet first. 
Don't use your feet first. Body first. Lead with your arm. Those are the things that I am constantly talking about because even if they're not doing it, they need a mentality switch. They need to understand, stop using your feet first. Defend with those arms. And if you look at the best players right now who are feared, it is because they're so big and strong that people just can't go around them. It seems like anyone who gets into Van Dyke's bubble is dead. Like they're just dead on the ground. Like they can't get by him, so they have to get around him. That's where that phrase comes from. You, you got to go around him because if you go into their bubble, then you're done. So players like Messi, they don't get into people's bu- bubbles. They're trying to maneuver and move their body so their body is touching their bubble, but the ball is never in the other person's bubble, right? And that's really what we're working on here. As a defender, if someone's in your bubble, get your body in there. Get your body in there first. Stop using your feet, right? Quick feet, quick feet, right? So it's really the defensive mentality that we want our players to get into. Uh, And so it's Wednesday today. We had our first session yesterday, and it was good. You know, I could see that, you know, there are certain players that are struggling. Those are more the beginner players. But the players who have been with us for a while and have done a lot of 1v1s with us too, their 1v1 defending was really, really at a high level by the end of that session. And by the end of this week, I'm hoping to see that in the games on Saturday as well. Well, this weekend, we'll have our last set of games before the holidays. Uh, And we have all six games. All six of our teams are playing. Uh, And this is one of the last times that's happening. So uh, the second week of January, we'll be back with games but that'll be the last week where all six teams are playing at once so i have another kind of full day of coaching uh we do have four teams that are playing uh at the same time as one other team so our u9s and 10s are playing at the same time as our and our u13s and u14s are playing at the same time as well and then our um our 2012s and 2013s are playing one after another so it's actually a pretty good schedule considering uh the past couple of weeks where i've been there 8 30 to like 10 or like a 9 till 9 uh just full 12 hour days so um this is actually really good there's some good breaks in between so pretty happy about that now for the past three months i've been doing uh the barcelona course online And I'm almost done. I'm really trying to race to finish it before uh, next week's show so I can talk about it. And I have some thoughts. (laughs) So I just want to finish it before I actually talk about it so I can kind of give you the full scoop uh, and let you know if it's worth it or not. Um, So stay tuned for that. I'm really trying to do it next week. No promises. Uh, I have a lot going on this week. Um, again, with the holidays coming up and uh, all that. So uh, I will do my best. Um, there's a lot of readings to get through. So that's kind of what's holding me up right now. Um, and it's actually probably from the whole course I've done so far. These are the readings that I'm most excited about. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to find some time, sit down and, and finish that and give you a good review next week of the whole Barcelona course i usually stop recording after i talk about what i'm going to do this week and then i kind of do it uh and it's thursday now so i usually record uh between monday and wednesday 
And it's now been a couple of times where I've actually run this practice and there is a lot of changes that I've made, right? This was a really good starting point, um, but we've added some stuff to it. So one of the things that I've added to it was instead of just separating it into two lanes, right, which are the half spaces, I've separated the lanes into half space, center space, half space. And that's been really good uh, for the player. So that's been really good. Also, as you coach more, you start to see some of the patterns and things that the players are struggling with when it comes to your coaching points. And you start to add new coaching points as well. So that's something that we've done as well uh, with it. But the rest of the session has pretty much stayed the same. Uh, And we're going into Friday and I'm really starting to see the player's mentality change of small, quick steps, getting low, balancing. Those are really the key things that I'm looking for. And hopefully they'll show this weekend. Uh, So like I said, I'll be back next week. Excited for that show. So until then, enjoy the journey, enjoy the moments, but most importantly, enjoy the game.